welcome to a special edition of the Rock and Ramble podcast. We are coming to you today with some spooky tunes, our favorite creepy classics. And as always, you are here with your hosts, Andrea and Victoria. And we are, like I said, just doing a bonus episode just in time for Halloween to kind of find all the creepy songs and the ones that have a little bit of a undertone that maybe you weren't expecting when you sing them, that sort of thing. And also to find some new songs that we didn't know about that now we love. Yeah, so a lot of these are like already favorites and they're not all specific to Halloween, but it's like, you know, the vibes or the atmosphere that they create are just like creepy or, you know make you think of a predator and things like that. So um, that's how we chose these. Yes. And we each came up with like a handful of songs that we feel really um, envelop the the feel of Halloween and not like your classic, like you won't find Monster Mash on this list, even though that's a great song and it's perfect for (laughs) Halloween. We're thinking more of... um, kind of more creepy, if you will. So, and not all of them, like Victoria said, not all of them are going to be like blatant Halloween songs, but I started off with Blue Oyster Cult, Don't Fear the Reaper. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) That's a pretty classic, and I think a lot of people would agree that it's kind of perfect for a a creepy tunes Halloween list. Yeah, Um, death. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Don't Fear the Reaper. The Reaper meaning you know, the death uh, coming for us all. So this again was uh, Blue Blue Oyster Cult, and they released this in 1976. It was their highest charting song, Mm -hmm. and it was written and sung by their lead guitarist, Buck Dharma. That was his his nickname. After he was diagnosed with an irregular heart condition, and I think he was only like 22 when that happened, Um, Mm -hmm. But it made him start thinking about, like, the inevitability of death and, you know, death is coming for all of us and nobody can outrun it. And so just not fearing death itself. And so he he wrote the song Don't Fear the Reaper. And you might be like, huh, like when you first start listening to it and you hear that dunk, dunk, dunk. Mm -hmm. and it's like immediately my mind goes to SNL and like Christopher Walken (laughs) and um, Will Ferrell and it's the more cowbell skit yes very very famous yeah and so that uh, if you haven't seen that that skit go watch it and you're like oh okay I get it now but that (laughs) always it always makes me think of that that's get when you first hear the initial intro into this song. Yeah, I agree. Um, I yeah. did. I found something about this one because it was on my list, too. So um, it was it's about being able to embrace death when the time comes, like you said. Um, but it did get a little bit of heat because some people thought it might be like promoting suicide. Um, but the lead singer, Buck Dharma, that you talked about, um, it's kind of a long quote, but he told the College Music Journal, quote, I felt that I had just achieved some kind of resonance with the psychology of people when I came up with that. I was actually kind of appalled when I first realized that some people were seeing it as an advertisement for suicide or something that was not my intention at all. 
it is oh. like not to be afraid of it as opposed to actively bringing it about. It's basically a love song where the love transcends the actual physical experience existence of the partners. And I was like, oh, I see it. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, you know, you can uh, yeah, see, can see the point of the other people, but. Right, because it talks about, I remember um, reading that, something like that, too, because there's a line in there, like, Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, um, that was the heavily cited, that uh, they, or, like, the reference, yeah. Yeah, like a murder-suicide pact or something like that. Um, but that was not his intention with it at all. That's not where he was coming from when he wrote it. No. So, glad we cleared that up. Mm-hmm. Um do you want to do one or do you want me just to cite off all of mine? Let's take turns. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Sounds yeah. good. All right. So my first one is going to be from one of my all-time favorite bands, and that is the Eagles. I had to. Um, it is Witchy Woman, and this one was released in 1972, and Don Henley, my man, he wrote it. Um, and it's another one of those cool – I mean, we talk about this constantly, but it just has, like, really cool – um story-like lyrics and this one is not as quite as like you know a plot in the lyrics but it's just like really cool snippets or vignettes of like what was going on and it's just really neat to me um so he wrote it when he was sick with the flu and he like kind of felt a little delirious at times and um yeah probably high fever yeah and he was also in the middle of reading um a biography about zelda fitzgerald and F. Scott Fitzgerald, Fitzgerald's um, wife, and she had been in institutions due to schizophrenia. So I think just like kind of thinking about that and mm-hmm. that was on his mind. Um, he wrote in the liner notes of The Very Best of the Eagles, he put, I think that figured into the mix somehow along with amorphous images of girls I'd met at the Whiskey and the Troubadour, which we've talked about both before. Yeah. Um, supposedly, one of the girls that this is based on um, or that may have inspired it, was a roommate of his um, girlfriend's at one time and did, quote, white witchcraft, which is like dabbling in mm-hmm. the paranormal, but doing it with good oh. intentions, nothing like right. evil or anything like that. And um, he told Rolling Stone about that person. He said, I thought it was charming and seductive, but I never took any of it seriously. And I could kind mm-hmm. of see that. I feel like um, witchcraft, I mean, if... You don't think too much about it. It does get kind of glorified and like, ooh, this is fun. Or like, you know, there's there's degrees of it almost in culture. Mm-hmm. And I think his version is like the light, like, ooh, this is kind of sexy version of it. Not like the summoning, like any, like true yeah. you know, demons no, like, or anything. Or, yeah. Yeah. It's, bring him back. Yeah. So I see his point when he's like charming and seductive. Like that's definitely what this song seems to you know relate to the most it's like she's been sleeping in the devil's bed and um i know you want to love her and stuff like that and had me spellbound in the night and it's really just a really cool song with yeah that witchy vibe yeah so i love that one nice well that is a classic as well um my next one is one that definitely goes with halloween it's Werewolves of London by Warren Zevon. Mm-hmm. And I never know if it's Zevon or Zevon. I just say, I try to say it really fast so nobody can. <laughs> I think it's Zevon. Um, so this was written, he wrote it, uh, it was released in 1978. It was on his album Excitable Boy. And I didn't know this, but this guy, I mean, he was like a, a true 
musical genius. Um, even though he, this is probably his widely, most widely known song, it mm-hmm. wasn't technically like his best song. It's just his most famous song. Um, mm. And he kind of wrote it as a joke almost. Um, but this guy, I mean, he has ties to like the Everly Brothers, to Tom Cruise, Jackson Brown, Fleetwood Mac. Like he's wow. kind of all over the place, I know. Um, but yeah, this one, he, I think it was like, um, one of the Everly brothers, uh, had, they were talking and they had said like something about a werewolf in London and like what, what that would be like. And so he just started and like, he was like, came up with the line. Um, I didn't write it down, so I don't know exactly the words, but it's like about the werewolf that has the Chinese menu. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like the very first. And so, uh, just again, something that was supposed to be kind of be silly and then it really took off and got really big and they were like oh wow okay <laughs> yeah but um it is kind of funny that that's what he's like when I, you say warren zevon like or zevin um immediately i think of werewolves of london because that's it's almost like a one-hit wonder but i know that he did have um a whole a yeah a whole of, discography yeah yeah portfolio as his biggest. Yeah. I always think of um what I want to say it was like on a Halloween playlist um when I was a teacher and the kids thought it was going to be that kid rock song. And I was like, "No." Yeah. No, it's not well, cuz he sampled it and I was like, yes, "No, he did. you need to hear this song." <laughs> like um right. cuz you know, they hear the beginning and like yeah, dun, dun, summer all summer dun, long. Dun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they were, were like throne when he starts singing and they were like this is the wrong song and i was like no no it's no, no, not, no, it's not. Um, yeah, but yeah kid so rock that sampled that and like sweet home alabama did like a mashup because mm-hmm. it does i mean it does sound like the the two intros do have like similar vibes uh but i don't think there was any like ripping off on on this one um, mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely he sampled those. But I would say that this was the superior of those two. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Yeah. Um, all right, so my next pick is Black Magic Woman by Santana. And it was released in 1970. And then I didn't know this. It was originally a Fleetwood Mac song. And yeah. I had no idea. And so it was written by, um, oh gosh, Peter Green. Peter Green? Am I saying that? Not, not that? not that I would mispronounce it. I just couldn't remember the name. Peter? Peter? <laughs> anyway, it's it's one of the songs that Santana does have lyrics to. He, he does have a lot of um, just instrumental songs, but it has lyrics on this one. And, you know, it's a similar thing where it's like just uh, referring to a magic woman or trying to make a devil out of me is like one of the lines. And... It's pretty basic lyrics, and it just kind of goes real slow and, you know, groovy mm-hmm. kind of sound. Um, and it, not, nothing too, like, I guess deep or anything, but it is definitely one of the, I feel like, classic Halloween songs yeah. for this. So, yeah. yeah, I think when we're done with this list, we can kind of go over, and there's some that I kind of group together when I think of, like witchy woman and black magic woman and Mm -hmm. they kind of all go together (laughs) not just because of women but just the kind of overall vibe 
so my next one is Abracadabra by the Steve Miller Band. Mm-hmm. And that one, yeah. I want to reach out and grab you. <laughs> so this one was released in May of 1982. And it was... I did not know this, but it was inspired by Diana Ross, and there was a TV show called Hullabaloo, which was kind of like a variety show for Mm -hmm. local artists, or maybe not local, but artists, Um, and so it has some callbacks to that, um, but it's basically like... There's a there's a line in there. I should have written these lines down, but I just didn't because <laughs> I was being lazy. But there's a line about like spinning the wheel, and it's supposed to be a yeah. callback to the hullabaloo. Oh, um, so but I, yeah, and I've always um, you know thought that that was a, a fun song. The abra abra cadabra. I feel like and... part of the fun of these things is like you know diving in and then being like oh my gosh this is in reference to blank or whatever it is um but i kind of okay so i know the fun of it is like it's not obvious or if you didn't know then it's like lost on you and that's you know part of the fun of it but also i feel Mm -hmm. like i wish there was like a okay but let me let me know all the references because i don't want to keep you know i want to be in the know i want to know these things because then Mm -hmm. it makes me think of (laughs) it's a silly connection here but like I said on the last ep- on the Bruce Springsteen episode, we're watching Ted Lasso, and on the rom com mm-hmm. episode where they're like, Ted Lasso talks about like um, their team being in like the rom com, like they're gonna come out of it and have their like happy ending or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Then I realized like, wait, after that he's like doing all these different little lines, and I was like, that was a reference to when Harry met Sally, and this was a reference oh. to you know which was it Jerry Maguire, and I was like, oh my yeah. gosh. And I had to like look into it because I was like, which ones did I miss? Like not having paying it, paid that close of attention. And I was like mm-hmm. fascinated. Like I love when people do that. And I want to know, you know, when it, even when it goes over my head, you know, for however many years or, you know, listens or repeats, I want to eventually be like, okay, show me all the things I missed because I want to yeah. know. And I think it's just really cool because then after that, I was like telling Pedro, I was like, oh, I didn't even catch this. But, you know, this you know, scene was a reference to this movie and I, I like it, but I also like want to know, like, All what them. am I missing out on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Isn't that like basically what an Easter egg is? Yeah. And I love that. that. Okay. I live for that. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Because it makes you feel so included. And I think that's the whole point is like, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, it's like, like a little secret. You know, yeah. I know. We know. Like this mm-hmm. is, I know. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So, um, Anyway. Yeah, I think you're up next. I was, I okay. was going to go to my next one, but I think you're up next. So my next one is Superstition by Stevie Wonder. And this one, I feel like, is not, like, the sound of it isn't, like, creepy or anything like that. But I, mm-hmm. superstitious and bad luck and, you know, 13-month-old baby, those kind of things are all, I think, related to Halloween. So that's why I chose it. Um, it was released in 1972 and he actually wrote it with Jeff Beck, which I, again, oh. was surprised about. I I don't know. I Once we get mm-hmm. to Stevie Wonder, we'll see, like, if he, like, collaborated with him often or if this kind of was, like, a one-off thing. Um, mm-hmm. But I did not realize Jeff Beck was involved at all. And it was actually supposed to be for Beck and, and with his band. Okay, I might, like, butcher this name because I've never heard this mm-hmm. band name out loud. Beck, Bogert, and a piece? A piece? I don't know. Yeah. Um, I tried looking it up, like, to hear other people say it and it was just like 
I couldn't find one consistent way. There was one guy who was like, I don't know if it's a pies or peas as he's like talking about him. I was like, okay, you're not helpful. Um, (laughs) But yeah, it's just a a good song. Got a really cool, like musically has a really cool sound. I like the lyrics and it's like, um, you know, people have all these things, whether they believe in it or not, they know about them. It's like, oh, if you break a mirror, you have seven years of bad luck and you don't know if you really believe it, but you're Mm -hmm. also a little hesitant, like, ooh, I should be careful, but I don't know why I should be careful about you know, these little things and like walking under a ladder. Like I'd never had cared. And then um, I can't remember who it was. I was walking. I want to say it was like near a school. I don't remember what the situation was, but I was going to end up going under a ladder because there was something on the other side. And they were like, no, don't. And I was like, oh, I don't believe in that. They're like, it doesn't matter. Just don't do it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and it's like it's just these little things that are passed down and in- uh-huh. not necessarily internalized, but you just, think of them once they're mentioned and so I feel like like, I'm pretty superstitious um Mm -hmm. and I not that I necessarily like feel like it's an end-all be-all but I'm like "Ah, just in case (laughs) like Mm. you know but like uh, in the back of your head right it's just always there there. it's always there always and it's funny because we were just walking home from school I was walking the kids home from school on Wednesday and they were asking me uh, my daughter Nora was like, uh, "What is?" We were talking about good luck and bad luck, and she's like, "Well, what is good luck?" And I was like, "Well, good luck is like, you know, seeing a rainbow or a red cardinal um, mm-hmm. or a ladybug landing on you or something like that's those are good luck, you know." Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, "Well, what is bad luck?" And I was like, well, and I started <laughs> listing off. And I was like, man, there's so much bad luck. Like walking under a ladder, uh, breaking a mirror, having like a black cat cross your path. And yeah. I was like, unless you own a black cat, then that doesn't really, you know, yeah. factor in. But if it, I was like, if we're just walking here, we're walking home and a black cat walks past us, that's supposed to be bad luck. And yeah. she was like, why? And it's like, I don't know. It's all made yeah. up. Like you don't you don't know. And that's like None the chorus. It. It's like when you yeah. believe in things that you don't understand, then you suffer superstition. <laughs> like Then you suffer yeah. superstition ain't the way. And it's like, you don't know. Yeah, but stepping just... on cracks and you yes. know, oh, stepping man. on a black cricket. Like, a, oh, I oh. always try to avoid those because that's like real bad luck. I've never heard of I, that one. Yeah, because crickets are supposed to be good luck. Um, and then if you step on them or kill them, that's bad luck. Hmm. I yeah. did not know that. Well, in Mulan, her the yeah, grandma well, that's gives her a cricket for good luck. And that's what yeah. she says, too. She's like, uh, and a cricket just for luck. Like, even you can't yeah. screw it up. <laughs> yeah, I remember. And she, like, hip bumps her. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, oh, it's I guess song. I never thought of, like, um, not killing him. I mean, not that I, like, go out trying to kill him, but... <laughs> It, I just never realized it was like a bad luck thing or that some people thought that. Some crazies thought so, that. So, um, side but note. It, oh, uh-huh. It, sorry. It, um, that just made me think of when we went to New York, they had, what were those things called? The um, lantern moths? Or oh, yeah. Moths? Lantern fly or something. Lantern, lantern. fly. Yeah. We, we would not have known about it, but our friend Lane is like, basically an entomologist and she knows like about a lot about bugs and she we saw one and it has like these red underwings and she was like oh my gosh I think we're supposed to kill that we're like what because Lane is very like anti she's very 
like relocate versus killing anytime. Mm-hmm. And that's, I actually picked that up from her and Craig and I try to implement that and relocate spiders and stuff out of our house. And it's become a whole thing. But all that to say, she was like, no, I think we need to kill that moth. And we're like, what the heck? And so of course she Googled it and found out that it's like an invasive species that like had migrated over and like they're really destructive and so yeah there was like a PSA put out I guess that was like when you see these moths stomp on them like kill them and yeah. we we're like okay and then after that wasn't it bizarre that after that we saw so many people just yes. like we'd be walking down and then all of a sudden you'd see somebody stomp and then there would be a dead one on the road and you're like yes. whoa everybody knows this and then Kayla we talked about it and she was like yeah if you see those things kill them we're like, yeah. whoa. She's like, kill him on sight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no asking questions. Like, I was just like, wow, I had no idea. And, but there, and then as you're walking, like, down the sidewalk, there's, like, all these squished moths. Yeah. Well, it was, what's weird is, so that was only, like, almost two weeks ago now that that happened. Mm-hmm. I'd never heard of these. Like you said, like, I had no clue about them. Um mm-hmm. But then since I've been home, we were watching a show, and I don't remember what it was, and it was like a, such a minor little piece of dialogue in the background where it was like, oh, it's a lanternfly, and like someone goes to kill it, but it wasn't like the main thing happening. And I remember, hmm. remember telling Pedro like, wait, hold on, did you hear that? And I'm like, <sighs> was like, I know what that is now, and I didn't know mm-hmm. before, and I guess like a lot of people know, but it's like that um, effect, like the, what is it? Bader Meinhof or something phenomenon like when like once you hear something or see something and then you start noticing it everywhere yeah and I was just like how weird because I don't think I had told him that part of like our trip yet or I never didn't cover like the bugs then I was like wait this actually is relevant to something that just happened and yeah it just was interesting anyway um the, oh, the, I got to end with this quote for Stevie Wonder, though, is the Michael Scott, like where he's like, I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. And I'm like, not superstitious, that's, that's me. but I am a little stitious. <laughs> yeah. I love that quote. OK, uh, your okay. turn. That's a good one. OK, so this one's kind of short, but I love this song. Um, it's Somebody's Watching Me by Rockwell. And mm-hmm. I feel like it's a very like thriller type song and it's funny I didn't even mean to use thriller but Michael Jackson is uh provides vocals for Mm -hmm. this this song and I didn't know this but Jermaine Jackson does backup vocals for this I didn't know that either I thought it was just Michael Jackson nope Jermaine does backup vocals and then uh it was released in 1984 and I remember reading something about this that like this Rockwell his dad was like I forget who his dad his dad was like a producer or something like that I'm probably butchering it but um you guys there's like so many songs that we read about and I we don't write everything down so I'm probably jumbling (laughs) but anyway his dad he wasn't like making his dad proud or something and then this one he was like oh that's my son like he was really proud of him because Michael Jackson and Jermaine Jackson were involved in the project (laughs) and I was like okay okay but this definitely was like a a one-hit wonder for this uh, Rockwell artist yeah so if you haven't heard the song I'm sure you have because it's very like like you you know the song and he's like I'm just an average man (laughs) yeah with an average life 
Yeah. And um, he's just very paranoid. The whole song is about being paranoid that, like, somebody's watching me. And he's like, is it the IRS? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. just no privacy type thing. But, yeah, mm-hmm. very catchy. And, again, Michael Jackson. So, um, really gets the whole feel of the the Halloween list. Yeah. Agreed. Um, I'm going to skip down to... Okay, so one of my favorite songs is um, Devil Went Down to Georgia by Charlie Daniels Band. I thought this was a good song for Halloween because it's about the devil. <laughs> mm-hmm. And... Okay, so it was released in 1979, um, and it was on their album Million Mile Reflections, but according to Charlie Daniels, he was like, we don't have a fiddle song, and it felt like, you know, out of character, I guess, for them, so they wanted to come up with one, and it's based on a poem. At first, he was like, I don't know how I thought of it, and then he was like, well, actually, there's this poem I read, (laughs) and um, it's like pretty clear that it is an influence it's not doesn't sound anything exactly like it but you can hear definitely where it's referenced it's a very long poem though so i'm not gonna read it but the gist of it so it's called the mountain whippoorwill by stephen vincent benet or Mm -hmm. maybe bennett but i think it's benet um and it's very long and it's about this guy i don't know if he's like a kid or not but he's um sorry he is a fiddler and he's like up in the mountains and it sounds like very like country sounding like you know i didn't know a lot and didn't have a lot but um born Mm -hmm. lonesome never raised a pet and it just sounds very um like hillbilly yeah and and the like like a rube (laughs) so it's called the mountain whippoorwill in parentheses or how billy jim how hillbilly jim won the great fiddler's prize and it, huh. it's about him going to a county fair, the Georgia Fiddlers show, and he's, like, wanting to win, and he plays the fiddle against someone else, and it talks about how the other people are playing, and, but it's, it, again, it's kind of a long poem for this. And in the end, he thought that he um, lost, but it says, and I thought, I fiddled all night and lost. You're a good hillbilly, but you've been bossed. So I went to congratulate old man Dan, but he put his fiddle into my hand. And then the noise of the crowd began. So it's like he ended up oh. winning or like besting them. But um, mm-hmm. there is a part that says hell's broke loose in Georgia. And so it's definitely inspired. Yeah. Devil went down to Georgia. But um, it's not like devil. I don't know. I, I don't feel like it's quite the same feeling besides like a yeah. fiddle in Georgia. <laughs> and um mm. But this song is just such a fun one to sing, such a fun one to mm-hmm. sing. And I, I know um, there's, so the lyrics are kind of strange to me, like when you like really think about them, the part mm-hmm. whenever Johnny's playing, because he's like, um, Granny does your dog bite, no child, no. And apparently no child, those no. are, yeah, apparently those are f- like callbacks to older, like traditional songs that um, yeah. were not referenced in the part that I was seeing, but um just like an old folk song. And Chicken in the Bread yeah. Pan, Scratching Out Dough, Granny Dewey Dog Bite, No Child No. And for a long time, before we were like looking up lyrics, right? So a long, long time ago, I remember my dad and my brother were obsessed with this song for a while. And uh, like also, and we could not figure out what that part was saying. And we're like, what is he saying? Because we could oh, really? hear Fire on the Mountain, Run Boys Run. And so we would like listen to it and listen to it. And then I was like, I think it says, Granny, does your dog bite? No child, no. And we were like, oh, my God, that is it. Like, 
But it took us so many <laughs> listens, and then it felt like such a victory to be like, yeah, it matches, like, once we got it. And it was just, like, really exciting. And that, that so feeling, funny. that feel, like, you talked about it, um, like, last episode with some of the songs that, like, give you chills, and it's, like, that I done mm-hmm. told you once, you son of a bitch, I'm the best it's ever been, and it's, like, mm-hmm. oh, it's so exciting. And yeah. I don't know. I just, it's just, like, great memories for me is in this song. And yeah. I will, like... Whenever me and Kayla and Evan were doing, like, game nights here and, like, with our little book club, um, it usually ended up in, like, just drinking and listening to music. And mm-hmm. I remember one of the nights this song was on, and we were all pretty hyped. So we were just, like, banging on the table and, like, yelling this song. You couldn't even hear the song anymore. And we are just, like, <laughs> word for word yelling it at each other. And it was so fun. Um, so, yeah. So this song uh, was a special times. place in my heart. Yes. Yeah. I would agree. It's also a huge hit at like piano bars. Like if you go to a piano bar and they don't play this song, yeah. you're missing out. <laughs> yeah, this is one of those that it's I like, don't get annoyed when it's played though. Like, you know, yeah, like you get annoyed so with good. Don't Stop Believing or whatever, but not this one. And it it is like I mean, all the piano the pianists that play at piano bars, I think are like super underrated for yeah. the amount of like inventory that they have to know, like mm-hmm. the the songs. But Agreed. um Especially, like, the talent that it takes to play this song and play it well and also, like, be entertaining like they are. Mm -hmm. Um, It takes a special talent. So, uh, yeah, make sure you tip those guys well because they (laughs) – but I I know they make pretty good money too because that's how they have, like, all those things. Anyway, that was just a little (laughs) (laughs) ramble in the wrong direction. Okay, let's get back into it. This one – um I've heard before and then when I listened to it I was like oh yeah it's such a it's like a kind of an anthem type song I've never seen the movie which I we need to add this to our list of like wait duh like how have you not seen this movie the The lost Lost boys Boys? you've never seen the lost boys oh my god I love that movie it is so good oh man I love that movie I'm I watch it not often, but like probably once a year at least. And Pedro <sighs> refuses to watch it with me because it's scary. Well, he doesn't like scary I'll movies. I'll watch it and with he's you. Like, no. Yeah, let's watch it. Oh, I love it. How did that we movie. never watch this as roommates? I don't know. I don't know, um, but it's so good. Oh. So then you know this song, Say Hello to the Night. Well, it's called Lost in the Shadows, and it's by Lou Graham. And it's like, Say hello to the night, lost in the shadows. Say hello to the night. You that does sure not recognize that sound, sound <laughs> familiar, but the movie yes, well, not the song yet. Unless I next put time, it on when, later, let's see. When we watch the movie now, we're gonna be like, oh, there it is. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's from this movie, and of course, the movie most people know is with the two Corys, Corey Haim and Corey Feldman. And I didn't know Kiefer Sutherland is in it. Yeah. Um, which he's so uh, good at being creepy. I know, Ugh. yeah, and this is, like, right up my alley. It's an 80s, like, creepy vampire movie, right? Like, I don't know how I've not seen it, but... Oh, and then the, the like, protagonist guy, you would fall in love with him, and you want to be Star. Like, you see Star, and you're like, oh, my God, this is who I would want to grow up to be. And you, okay. you see her, yeah. and... <sighs> but yeah. I will say this movie, I'm not trying to spoil it, but this movie is why my sister will not eat Chinese food, or Chinese rice specifically, mm-hmm. so... And if you've seen the movie, anyone else listening, you'll probably remember why. But she um, she said that, like, scarred her. 
And I could see why, but uh, Chinese rice is too good for me to <laughs> pass up. Yeah, so. I actually just started liking, I always got the steam, the steamed white rice, like always. Yeah. And then I finally just started liking fried rice. And I'm like, oh my gosh, why have I only ever gotten steamed white rice? Like fried rice is so good. So, mm-hmm. Oh, and there. um, so the dog in the Lost Boys, um, Nanook, mm-hmm. do you remember when we had like a part husky that we had for a little while? And we named mm-hmm. him Nanook because of that movie. Aww. But, like, he was, yeah, he was not going to be good at our house. So we, yeah. it was like our family, my dad's aunt had him uh-huh. or something. So we took him for a while and it was, like, not a good fit. So she took him back. And we're like, okay. But, yeah, he, his name was Nanook. And such Aww. a sweet yeah. little dog. Not, not little, oh. actually. He was pretty big. Yeah, it was, like, but. part huskies, probably pretty big. Yeah. And those huskies, they are mischievous. They are. They are. Okay. What's your next pick? So my next pick, I'm going out of the order originally because I realized some of mine were a little too grouped together. Um, So next I'll do Sympathy for the Devil by Rolling Stones. Um, I will say I almost picked two Rolling Stones songs, but I feel like this one was a better fit. So Mm -hmm. this one was released in 1968, and important to note that it was released in December, but they recorded it in, like, early June. Okay, so I'll bring Mm -hmm. that up in a second. But it's from the point of view of Satan, um, and he's, Mm -hmm. like, speaking on mankind's atrocities, like, that we commit. And so it references, let me get the lyrics up here again. Um, It references Jesus' trial and, like, death, the European religious wars, the Russian Revolution, the Romanov family execution, and that part, mm-hmm. I will say that has always fascinated me. Like, the the Romanovs are just, like, mm-hmm. one of those stories that I'm probably always going to want to, like, hear snippets of or, like, you know, piques my interest. So, uh, World War II, and then this part is where that June is important is because it does touch on the assassination of John F. Kennedy, but mm. after Bobby Kennedy was shot on June 6th, 1968, um, the line was originally who killed Kennedy and they changed it to who killed the Kennedys because it was now more than one that was assassinated. Um, yeah. So I thought that was interesting. But yeah, it's from the point of, the, point of view from the devil. Um, it's not like a creepy sound, creepy sounding song by any means, but mm-hmm. I thought it fit in in its own way. The other song I wanted to put um, was a little more like sad, but it was uh, Paint It Black. I love that song. So that one, that one's like very much about death and, but it's more of like how depressed he is and he wants everything around him to be turned black. Like he doesn't want to see like color or like happy things anymore and, you know, girls in sundresses Uh and stuff and just wants everything black. So that one could have fit too, but I felt like Sympathy for the Devil was a little closer to this interesting yeah 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 i feel like there's a couple that uh a couple of bands that like basically anything by black sabbath is gonna fit on this oh yeah yeah like the with the tuned down guitars and stuff so i didn't even pick one on there because i like i had initially done one but i was like honestly it's like any of them so um my next one is uh one that like i can't I, I'm like, okay, what is that again? Because um, I can't always remember the tune. And then when I hear it, I'm like, oh, duh. Uh, but mm-hmm. it's Mama Told Me Not to Come by Three Mama Dogs told Night. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Mama told me not to come. And then it's like, 
that ain't the way that you act. Yeah. So this, I didn't know this, but it was written by Randy Newman. And he's also, I mean, Toy Story fan. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So you got a friend in me. Yeah, that's Randy Newman, uh, along with a lot of other stuff. Um, But it was written by Randy Newman for Eric Burden and the Animals. But it was made popular by Three Dog Night. They did like a kind of a funk rock version of the song and released it in 1970. And so I think just with the timing and the it's kind of like a fun song to to listen to and like mama told me not to go Mm -hmm. and it's about like this guy who he's never really I guess he's lived like a really sheltered life and then he's exposed to this like party lifestyle and he's like ah mama told me not to come (laughs) (laughs) um so it's I haven't yeah <laughs> mama said there'll be days like this oh yeah you know what listen oh no i know i was just going off of the i was just gonna say like there's so many songs where it's like mama said and mama yeah. told me <laughs> like yeah. listen to your moms guys and then you wouldn't have to write these songs mm-hmm. yep so that's what i've got for that one but it okay. is a really good song <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't have much more for that one. Um, but I like that one because it's, and you're like, probably like, how does that relate to Halloween? Because um, it's yeah. like, go listen to it and you'll hear it. Um, I mean, obviously you'll hear the song, yeah. but you'll hear how it relates to the, the theme of the the haunted, like creepy songs. Because it's like, that yeah, I'm looking the at way the that lyrics. and i think it fits okay yeah i was looking at the lyrics just now and Mm -hmm. he definitely seems like he does not want to be there (laughs) because he's like Mm -hmm. someone i've seen so many things i ain't seen before i don't know what it is i don't want to see no more Mm -hmm. yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) the next one uh my next Next. choice (laughs) next uh i chose highway to hell by acdc and mm-hmm. this was released in 1979, and it's referring to a specific highway, at least partially. Um, the Canning nice. Highway in Perth, and it had some of Bon Scott's ah. favorite hotels and pubs along that stretch. Um, mm-hmm. But it also refers to their tough tour schedule that they'd previously come off of, like, you know, promoting their previous albums. But um, mm-hmm. that's a classic, classic song, and you, it makes me think... I mean, I've, we've known this song forever. I'm, I'm sure most people have. But it makes me think of Final Destination when um, mm. it just keeps, like, restarting over and mm. over um, in these different – and it's been years since I've seen that movie, but I will always associate it with that and, like, some of the classic Final Destination ones. And I don't remember if it was, like, first, second, or third, but, like, you know not yeah. to ever get behind one of those, you know, trucks carrying massive logs um, oh my because of, like, those terrible deaths and – just like yes i think that one is the one that resonates with most people is yeah. like anytime you get behind a truck that has like poles or logs or any kind of like yeah. long cylindrical item on it and you're like oh, nope 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 yeah exactly and so that song yeah. will always be tied to that for me yeah. um but even without that um connection it's still like a pretty clearly referencing like yeah. hell and stuff but it also is about like mm-hmm. um 
like you know sex pretty clearly and stuff and it's like uh oh it's acdc yeah (laughs) there's no i mean like all of their songs have Um, you seen that have you seen that cartoon and it's like um the two guys i don't know if it's supposed to be band members or what but one has like an acdc shirt and the other one has a led zeppelin shirt and it's like they come to a cross like a, a path and they're like well this is where we split, and one is like a stairway, and one is a highway, because <laughs> it's like the stairway to heaven and the highway yeah. to hell. That's funny. Uh, yeah. And I, I misspoke. I said like clearly it's about sex. I was thinking of the album Highway to Hell and like a different song. Sorry. So this one is not. It's not. About, I mean, it might have like undertones, but no, it's like sex. I'm sure it does. I mean, oh my god, every- hell. That's it. I just keep wanting to say sex, I guess. I don't know what's wrong with me. (laughs) Anyway, we can move on to yours. Next song (laughs) is not about sex. It's about a spider. (laughs) (laughs) So this song, I actually stumbled upon this song, and now it's like one of my favorites. And I'm like, how have I gone this long without hearing this song? Um, So it's called Boris the Spider by The Who. And it was written by John Entwistle, and he and the bassist for the Rolling Stones, Bill Wyman, they were just, like, out drinking one night, and they were, like, making up, they were like, uh, what if animals had, like, human names or whatever, and they were, like, <laughs> making up names and, like, just joking with each other, and he was, like, Boris for a spider, and he was, like, Boris the spider, and then that became... The and it kind of like the the other song we talked about, the Werewolves of London. This was written as a joke, and then it became like one of their most iconic songs that they play live, and like people love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like one of the it's just a favorite for, and that's why I was like, well, how have I not heard of this song? And it's so funny to me, and I showed it to my kids because if you've never heard the song, go listen to it. And basically the part where it says Boris the spider, he's doing like this really like scary gruff voice where he's like, Boris the spider. (laughs) And I can't even do it that that low or, you know, growly. But I put it on for my kids and Jack, (laughs) they were in the bath and we have like a, a speaker in there. And so I put the song on and he was like, what is this? <laughs> I thought he would like it. He was like, what is this? And I was like, it's a song. And he's like, uh-uh, no, next. <laughs> well, funny. I like it. Yeah. But I'll have to go listen a, it, to that one. I it, don't know that one. I don't think. It's a fun song because it's like a real like, doom, doom, And there's like, Boris the Spider. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you're not expecting it. So I think that's why I, I really found that I respond really well to things like being surprised by things that I'm so not expecting, if that makes sense. Like people <laughs> saying things like, okay, for instance, this is, um, this is, uh, I don't know. It, for instance, <laughs> so we always joke about how like my stomach always hurts, right? And like... <laughs> you know all the stuff and y'all have always made fun of me like my whole life because you're like oh your stomach always hurts well then when we were in new york kayla victoria's niece who we were staying with in new york without missing a beat she's like you're an ibs baddie and i almost spit my drink out because 
that <laughs> took me totally by surprise and I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I was not expecting that. And I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> that's like the best thing I've ever heard. That was pretty funny. And it just like puts like a positive spin on like this uncomfortable situation <laughs> <laughs> that I was not expecting. But I've I found that that's kind of like my reaction to things like when something like that happens where I'm not expecting it at all and it's like something like that just like in this song when it's going and then all of a sudden it's like Boris the spider and you're like not mm-hmm. expecting it I'm like I immediately fall in love with it <laughs> <laughs> you're funny yeah okay next so my next song, um, I'm going to do, excuse me, um, Little Red Riding Hood by Sam the Sham and the Pharaohs. So I liked this one because it is about the big bad wolf, like from his point of view, but I also just like the way he sings it sounds like he's like a predator. Um, but he's like, ooh, who's that? Who's that I see walking in the woods? Like, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. He just That's he delivers it, delivers it so well. I think, mm-hmm. um, and it just it has a little creepy, you know, creepy little sound, and mm-hmm. everyone knows to be scared of the big bad wolf from the regular fairy tale, um, and that was released in 1966, and one thing I didn't know, and I have to look into this afterwards, um, but the group's female backup singers were known as the Shamettes, Shamettes, mm-hmm. and when Little Red Riding Hood took off, the group's record label, MGM, had the girls release an answer song called Hey There, Big Bad Wolf. So oh. I have to go listen to it. I'm going to look up the lyrics, though. Hey there. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love this song. Um, it was one that my mom would play for the kids when they would stay at her house and she was taking care of them. And so, like, one day they start singing it, and I was like, whoa, how do y'all know this song? And they're like, Grammy showed us. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, it's, it is a fun song to sing, and it's like, because um, it's like talking about how he's not a sheep, and he's like, I'm bad, bad. <laughs> Uh, howling and then he's like you shouldn't go walking in those spooky old woods all alone and let a big bad wolf like me help you and yeah the so the one the girls sing called big bad wolf it's like Mm -hmm. it's has is that the big bad wolf i see why this cat is following me and then (laughs) through the lyrics it sounds like she's like oh i love you like we're gonna get along keep me safe and like you know you're the guy i've been waiting for so it sounds like uh, it worked. <laughs> like he mm-hmm. got her. Um, but I just think, yeah. So I'm going to have to go listen to it to see if, like, the delivery is as, you know, good as the first one or the original one, I guess. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So this next one um, is a song that I love by Cher called Dark Lady. And this was released in 1974. And we had talked about this in the Bruce Springsteen episode, but um, this is where I heard the term murder ballad, which I'd never heard before, but it was about this particular song. Um, And I was like, oh, I'm intrigued. Murder ballads. (laughs) Like, that's combining, because basically it's a a rock ballad, but it's about 
murder or crime and crime like crimes of passion and that sort of thing and I was like oh I love that (laughs) that's very into that so uh, I was like, oh, I'm going to have to look up like a whole, make a whole like murder ballad playlist because those are, that's what we were talking about when I was saying like, those are the kind of songs that like give me the chills, like ooh, when it's like something is revealed, like, oh, it was her, you know. Um, so in this one, it's got like kind of a, a cool little twist on it too. So the narrator of the song, Cher singing it. And it's like from the narrator's perspective, right? And so the song, in the song, she's seeking advice from a fortune teller. And she wants to find out what's going on with her lover, her husband. And she finds out that he's been unfaithful to her, right? And Mm -hmm. so then she goes back home and she's like, has this memory of like, wait, that same perfume smell that I smelled with the fortune teller, because the fortune teller was like, you know leave here and forget my face and forget that you know me whatever and um she got home and she was like wait that same smell is the smell that I smelled in our bedroom and so she figured out that her husband was cheating with the fortune teller that she went to Mm. and so she goes back and she kills them both and it's like manifesting (laughs) 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 and so she yeah she goes back and uh, in the song, it, it's something like she blacks out and she's like, and then she saw their bodies on the floor or something. And I was like, that's so like Chicago of her, like Catherine yeah. Zeta-Jones, you know, where she's like, uh, it wasn't until I saw the blood on my hands that I even knew they were dead. And uh, then I also thought of like little sister Reba, where she's like, you know, I yeah. did it. I'm the shooter. Like, you know, little sister don't miss when she shoots her gun. That's like the extended version of Thunder Rolls. Remember when I told you and it's like she walks back down the hallway to the dresser, to the gun in the dresser drawer and she won't be done like this no more. And it's another, it's like she, from the scent, she figured out he was cheating. And Mm -hmm. um, then she, on the extended version, goes back and kills him. she knows. Yeah. Yeah. But that's another one. Once once it, I didn't hear the extended version for years. And then when I did, I was like, oh, my God, how can this not be the main version? Like, uh, how can people live without this version? And it's so good and such a cool, it's I quick. Know. It's a quick little verse, but um, it yeah. has that instrumental where you think it's going to end. But that one little verse, I'm like, this is huge. I don't understand why they kept it off, the main one. It really but. ties up the story. Yeah. Like, you know, ties up those loose ends. So do you know this song, the Dark Lady song, where it's like, Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, you. I feel like you would recognize it because it kind of had. It kind of goes with like gypsies, tramps, and thieves. Like has that feel about it. Yeah, so good. I know, so good. But it kind of has that feel with it too. And I don't. Mm -hmm. They could be on the same album. That's what I was just wondering. I don't know her albums, but. Um, Go into yours and I'll I'll look and let you know. All right. So my next one is going to be um, so Magic Man, which I had that one coming at first after Witch Woman and Black Magic Woman, but I felt like it was a little <laughs> too on the nose there. But um, we have covered yeah. the song before in like our second or third episode. Um, it was released in 1975, and mm-hmm. it is about just as a refresher Anne's relationship, the singer's relationship with Mike Fisher, who was the brother of the drummer. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's like the infatuation stage and 
being told by someone and in the song like you just talked about in your other pick um it was her mother saying come on home girl so Mm -hmm. listen to your moms ladies gentlemen um it's telling her to like kind of come to her senses and come back because like she's deep in that like it's all about him and like kind of escaping like infatuation yeah Yeah. and um now looking back and kind of sees it as like a leaving home song um as still as a love song but also as like the leaving home like she saw it as like a turning point like one of the like milestones in her life i guess um so yeah so that's like a pretty classically you know halloween song i think Mm -hmm. for that yeah i agree it goes along i think we were talking about like the so there's like um witchy woman and uh, black magic woman magic man and then this next one that i'm doing evil woman by electric light orchestra and mm-hmm. so those all kind of like go together um and this one it was released in 1975 and it's the one i mean i know you would recognize it like yeah so that was electric light orchestra and it was uh the first uh it was first released on their fifth album called the face of music um again it was their first worldwide hit so that was uh it was like the quickest what's funny is we talk about like how some of these songs that are like the most popular songs like Mm -hmm. the really big hits and how fast they were written and it's Mm -hmm. like it doesn't it doesn't make sense they're like they're like oh i just wrote that in like 10 minutes and then it blows up into this huge song and that's kind of what this one was um they said it was like the quickest song that they'd written and they wrote it um in like 30 minutes and it was just like a filler song for that album and then it blew up and became one of their most popular songs. Yeah, it's like maybe maybe not thinking about things too much is like the key to a hit song. It's like don't overthink it. Just write something like catchy and I good and then so. you're done. And don't overthink it because I mean, I'm and not saying it's a blanket statement. Creation just like kind of pours out. Yeah. Yeah. Creativity. Creation. Creativity <laughs> just kind of like pours out and maybe you don't even like know how good it is and then you're like oh i did good yeah (laughs) yeah um my last choice i wasn't even gonna put it because it's like almost Mm -hmm. too obvious like how you said like monster mash and all those but um i did find out like one new little snippet so i included it um so it's thriller by michael jackson released in 1983 but i did not know and it i guess makes sense um so one of the songwriters rod temperton um, originally mm-hmm. was going to call it either Starlight or maybe Midnight Man, and it had different lyrics. It had more, like, cosmic and celestial, like, themes. And so here's one of the lyrics, or one, um, I guess, verse. It says, we're holding on to someone else's dream, girl. Can't you see we need some starlight, starlight sun? There ain't no second chance. we got to make it while we can. You'll need the starlight, some starlight sun. I need you by my side. You give me starlight, starlight, starlight. And I have no like you know musical knowledge to be able to be like oh that clearly would have fit in this portion of the song because i don't hear Mm -hmm. it at all (laughs) um but he didn't like the names um like the titles 
So he like spent some time like brainstorming and stuff. And once he landed on the name Thriller, he knew that was it and could imagine like a whole like different feel of the song. So once he landed on that name, he changed the name and the lyrics um, here and there. Not completely, um, mm-hmm. but he obviously took that verse out and changed it. And he ended that added that um, spoken word in the beginning. Um, was it what's oh. his name? Vince Price? That like does the Vincent Price, I think. Vincent Price, yeah. Okay, <laughs> why call him Vince? Like I know the guy. Um, yeah, so <gasps> it totally friend. changed the trajectory of the song, and obviously it worked because it's one of the biggest songs ever, and still yeah. Is. So yeah, so that yeah, one is and- a very obvious one, but I didn't know that, so I thought that was a cool little tidbit. Yeah, no, that is really cool. And it's like, like you said, just basically like the most iconic. What do you think of a spooky, creepy, classic rock Halloween song? I think that might be everybody's like number one, like a thriller. Yeah. Of course. And the perfect execution of the music video where I love that it's like (laughs) that beginning part. Where you're like set yeah. up like, oh, like how cute. And like, you know, they're on a they're little date. They're going to the movies. And it's just so good. And then like towards the end when she's like scared and it really is scary because you're like, ah, yeah, I know. poor girl. Um, and of course, like the choreography the and everything in yeah. the red leather jacket, the red outfit is like, yeah. you know, absolutely yep. timeless. But it, it really is creepy. Like it's not just like silly creepy. Like there's parts of it that. Yeah. yeah, no, it is. It's I'm still watching that because, uh, yeah, I can't. I'm like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so my last one is one that I did not know, uh, but I had been talking to my coworkers about it because my coworkers are real um, knowledgeable about this genre of music. Um, and actually, one of my... Uh, co-workers Rick he's in particular he gave me like a list of Halloween deep cuts so I'll kind of read off some of them that I didn't include on the list but it was the Alan Parsons project are you familiar with them oh no I hadn't it sounded familiar um so he had the raven and telltale heart and I listened to him no and they are they do definitely fit the genre but like since I hadn't known them and they were real weird, <laughs> I was like, "Wait, you said uh, those are the song I'm... names? He did the song names as the Edgar Allan Poe." Yeah, names? yeah, oh. yeah, and it's yeah, Alan Parsons Project is what it's called. The song or hmm. the the band, and then the song. Those are just the two songs: The Raven and Telltale Heart. But yes, hmm. um, but yeah, he also was like, of course, you have to do "Don't Fear the Reaper," which I had already had on the mm-hmm. list. I was like, yes, obviously, um, and then. Uh, Blue Oyster Cult also did Godzilla, which you know that song. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. no, there goes Tokyo. Go, go, mm-hmm. Godzilla. Woo. Yeah, <laughs> which I think, I don't know, it just always, like, I see, like, a monster knocking down buildings. Like, yeah. you, you just, like, automatically see. And I, I don't know why. This is, like, just me, probably. <laughs> but I... This is so stupid. Oh boy. I, I, I always see Reptar. <laughs> from reptar, from the Rugrats. Roar. Yeah. Because yeah. you know yeah. how they have like the Rugrats movie or whatever where he yes. does like the Reptar love or whatever. 
Anytime I hear that song, I'm like, oh, Reptar, like, knocking down the buildings. Anyway. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so that that was the list. But this one they told me about, and I was intrigued by it because it's a band called Oingo Boingo. And I was like, (laughs) seriously? And I've never heard of this band, Oingo Boingo. And, but guess what? They were formed, the lead was Danny Elfman. Oh, I yeah, I had no idea. Boingo, I was like, Boingo, ah. Oingo, Boingo. <laughs> it's like a new wave kind of ska punk influenced <laughs> band formed by Danny Elfman in 1979. And for those of y'all that don't know, Danny Elfman is huge, like in the Disney scene in general, right? Um, yeah. Or is it like Tim Burton? Like Tim Burton stuff, I think. Or that's what I yeah. think of. So he, mm-hmm. yeah, he did, uh, he was the actual, like, actor voice for Jack Skellington, right? I think. <gasps> Not just the singing. Whoa. I think he, yeah. So he did um, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, that's where I knew him from, was Nightmare Before yeah. Christmas. That's, we actually just watched that yesterday. It's oh, us too. We had movies. it on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and funny. it's a good one. It's a classic. You can just watch it over and over. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this song uh, by Oingo Boingo is called Dead Man's Party, and it was written, I believe, for the movie Weird Science by John Hughes. Mm. Um, yeah, you, and I've seen that movie just a long, long time ago, and it's like they, the science experiment, like the woman comes to life or something in the science. Is that what it is? Or Have you seen that Say movie? Say that again. What, like what? the the weird science? No, um, I haven't seen the movie. That. I see. I've seen a lot of John Hughes movies, but I'm not. I've yeah, not seen weird science. So it's like the the kid from um, Pretty in Pink, uh, or I'm sorry, not Pretty in Pink, Sixteen oh. Candles. Um, not yeah, it's the Sixteen oh, Candles. Okay. The Jake. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, Anthony Michael Hall. That's who. Yeah. I was like, what the heck is his name? Anthony Michael Hall. Um, so anyway, yeah, um, he's in that movie and yeah, it's like, they're like these little nerds and then they like make this dream woman or something and they, yeah, (laughs) after hooking electrodes to a doll and like a power surge creates this beautiful woman. (laughs) So that's the basis of the movie. That's what that song, Dead Man's Party and the song itself, again, I didn't know, but um, if you're a fan of Danny Elfman, definitely check it out, and it will not disappoint. Um, also makes me want to go back and watch just, like, a whole bunch of John Hughes movies. Yeah. Uh, when Whenever you brought up Danny Elfman, I, like, looked into it whenever you were talking, and I didn't realize mm-hmm. he's tied to so many Tim Burton movies. Um, I did know yeah. he was tied to, like, like you said, Nightmare for Christmas in a couple, but I was like, whoa. And you just go down the list, and he's like, and almost all of them. So, mm-hmm. anyway. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I also had, like, just a couple more. Like I said, with Paint It Black, um, I didn't mm-hmm. really officially include it, but two more that I thought about was Running with the Devil, Van Halen, and Psycho Killer, Talking Heads. I feel like both of those Yes. could yeah. um definitely be on the playlist i'll put him on the playlist but um i did Mm -hmm. not look into those more yeah like i said basically any black sabbath song um could be listed on this um there were so many that we didn't add on here but of course this can only 
Lasts like an hour, which we've already passed that. This is supposed to be like a mini bonus episode. Our bonus episodes tend to take longer. (laughs) But um, yeah, so just to kind of give you guys some listening, we'll put up that um, Spotify playlist, right? Mm -hmm. For like you were talking about, we'll add all these songs to the playlist. And you know, if you're sitting out handing out candy and you're like, hmm, I wish I had a good playlist to listen to, pop it on. Pop it on. Pop it on. There you go. Turn it up. Yeah, it's a good one. And it'll people will be like, what? Because you're going to be like, Boris the Spider. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know which one you also have to add on there that I didn't add on here because it was what? like pretty on the nose too is um, Time Warp. I had that. I had, yeah. okay, I just deleted. So I had Time Warp and Hungry Like the Wolf, Maneater, uh-huh. and... Well, the other oh, yeah, two, I want candy and Ghostbusters, but um, yeah, I had time <laughs> yeah, yeah, warp, yeah. and I was like, ah, little too, like yeah. you said, like, on the nose. So I just trying to trying to stay away, but it, Ghost- I let a couple stray ones in. <laughs> Ghostbusters, yeah, uh, that was Roy, Ray Parker Jr. Is that yes. who does that one? Yeah, yeah, that's classic. We'll have to add that one too. But yes, I know. I was like, okay, for sure, we'll have to do time warp, and then uh, I didn't put it on the playlist because again, it's just like, okay, that is like. like everybody knows time warp like everybody knows rocky horror picture show and if you don't go watch it and you'll be like okay i get it because it is a cult classic like people there were men dressing and drag and not think like giving it two thoughts about it because the movie was so iconic at the time right Mm -hmm. like i don't know i would love to have gone to a a showing of the movie where you dress up that would be so fun i would still do that now because it I would be like a lot of fun you gotta look I... into draft house or one of those kind i feel like they probably there's gotta something be something like yeah yeah there's gotta be something um i wanna i need to talk to my parents i'm like i'm probably speaking out of turn but i wonder if my dad ever dressed up like frankenfurter hmm when he was I know younger. my parents did do um, where they switched. My mom dressed like a, a soldier, like a man, and my dad yeah. dressed like a woman. Like he's in heels and everything. And for Halloween? It, for Halloween. He put on a wig. I gotta find that picture. I don't have it here. I'd have to. My parents, my parents did on. that exact same thing. Really? Did we know this? Yeah. My mom wore uh, her brother's army clothes, like her arm, his army yeah, jacket. Yeah, my mom's in like. My dad. I think she's got camo painted on her face too, or like the. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'll send yeah, you a picture my... <laughs> in the next couple weeks. Yeah, I don't know if there's pictures. I I mean, I, I'll have to see if there's pictures from my parents. But, yeah, they've always told us hmm. the story how, like, they were – so my mom – I think my mom is driving the car, my dad's shotgun, and people are, like, driving by honking, and my dad's, like, laughing, thinking that they're – because he had a big beard, you know, mm-hmm. and he's dressed mm-hmm. as a woman. And he thinks that they're just, like, getting kicked out of his costume or whatever. <laughs> But when they get to the party, they were going to a Halloween party. He opens the door and he had closed the door on his dress. So his dress was like flapping out the door. (laughs) And he's like, get in line, boys. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm the one who wants to. (laughs) That's funny. I can't picture. I'm surprised my dad did that because he, I'm surprised he went and put like a dress on and all that. Like he can Mm -hmm. be like goofy in some ways, but. I don't know. When I saw that picture, I was like, you? You did this? I'm surprised. <laughs> oh, man. But. Yeah, we definitely, I, I want to see that picture. And I'll have to see if there's pictures of my 
my mom and I remember my <laughs> my great grandma um you didn't know her my grandma's mom but she she was at the Halloween party and she so my mom's brother is Dennis and that's who she borrowed his clothes and my great grandma saw them arrive and she's like who's that ugly woman with Dennis <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I thought that was so funny. Uh, that was before my sister and I were around, I believe. So, long time ago, back when things were fun and people dressed up. Craig doesn't like to dress up, which we've talked about several times. So, don't need to bring yeah. that up again. <laughs> She's not bitter. She's not bitter. Not bitter at all. But at some point, we are going to have to be sunny and share. Uh, I actually did bring it up to him yesterday. I was like, we should dress up for Halloween when we mm-hmm. take the kids trick-or-treating. And his idea of dressing up is basically like putting on a baseball jersey and saying, like, I'm a baseball player. Mm-hmm. Cool. And so I told him we should dress up as Halloween. And he's like, well, remember that time that we dressed up as an old couple? And I was like, yeah, I do remember that. That was like 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also, remember, we won the Halloween costume party. Uh, or the costume contest mm-hmm. uh, when we dressed up like an old couple. We won the so party. <laughs> we're go- yeah, we won the whole party. <laughs> I was like, we're obviously good at it, so let's just keep it up. But no, uh, you know what? It's it's fine. I'll put some ears on or something when we go trick-or-treating. Yeah. <laughs> what are you kids going to be for Halloween? Um, Like a vampire, a ninja, and Grogu. Oh, yeah, Grogu. That's going to be so yeah. cute. You have to send it your pictures. It is really cute. It is oh, really my cute. gosh. Yeah, so please send your pictures. In the past, we've done some kind of coordinating, whether it was me coordinating with Mila or me coordinating with the boys, um, and then, you know, Pedro coordinating with the other one. But this year, mm-hmm. now that they're all three different things, I don't know if we can without it being, like, a pain because yeah. we were thinking, like, oh, maybe, like, well, honestly, Pedro uh, could be like a Mandalorian slash ninja, but um, I don't want to go through yeah. making that costume, honestly. So we might right? just do like a me and Pedro costume um, and we okay. coordinate together for the first time since before kids. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. I would love yeah. to see some pictures of that. We're going to be, we'll have a skeleton. Jack's going to be a little glow in the dark skeleton. Mm-hmm. And then Nora requested to be a light-up ghost. <laughs> nice. So I just got her, like, a little light-up skirt, and I'm going to make her a ghost shirt. And, uh, oh, that's cute. She'll be a little light-up ghost. And then for Jack's uh, skeleton costume, I got him this glow-in-the-dark skeleton costume because it's, like, cheaper than just making it because, mm-hmm. you know, I try to make things, but then it turns out to be more expensive than just yeah. buying it. <laughs> But yeah. I did buy, like, a super, super powerful, like, LED flashlight because we needed a good flashlight anyway for the house. But that <laughs> way we can carry it. It's real small, and we can carry it with us and, like, charge him up so, like, he stays glowing all night. And Nora's oh. just has, like, a battery powered. So, nice. like, all right, they'll be, they'll be set. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it'll be fun. Okay. Well, that wraps <laughs> up our bonus episode. Until next time, rock out and ramble on. Bye.